welcome, and thank you for joining us. 580-5436-580-KIDO. Dave at PetsoFinancial.net is our email address. So feel free to use that as well. Uh, Stunning, stunning, stunning outcome for the election. Not what people thought it would be. Certainly not what the markets had priced in. But we had one of the best days I've ever seen. I I, I am talking top five, maybe top three days I've ever seen. And I have been around a day or two this week. And, of course, it's all because of, put it, fill in the data point, but we all know what it is. It's inflation. We had a slightly better number than expected. That's it. A one-month slightly better number. Because one-month data is a world-changing event that they only modify two more times and actually a third time um, at the end of the year. These numbers are modified all the time, and they're one month. They're not that accurate. Not perfectly accurate. Not to the point you go, oh, my gosh, we're 2.2% better to the moon. But that's what the market did. And, of course, there's so many lessons in this. I mean, they just stack up, right? It's like we're always talking about the the best days are right next to the worst days. And if you miss the 10 best days, your returns drop way more than in half. If you miss the 20 best days of like the last 20 years, your returns drop to zero. Zero. You can't miss these days. And I know there's always the argument that, you know, well, if I miss the 20 worst days, then I'm going to be a hero. But they're all next to each other. You can't be that good trading in and out. You can't do it. I know people think they are. But it's just it's just like, do you want how, how how often do we have to have this lesson? You to win, you have to play. Period. Which means you have to be in. You can't sidestep. You can't just go to the sideline. It's gonna get worse. I know it's gonna get worse. How many people, how many of us said that? Hmm? I know it's gonna get worse. I should have just gotten out. And then when the market goes down, you go, I knew I should have just gotten out, let's call it uh, in September. And you were right for a little while. And then the market rallied and into the election. And now you're really, really wrong. And then the market explodes this week on a data point. Amazing. I mean, just, just a couple data points of what happened. I mean, Amazon... Up like 14% in a day. The largest company in the world up 9% in a day. That was Apple. They don't do that. They just don't do that. And they did. They did. And, And if you're out, you missed that. Well, it'll pull back because I know it's going to get worse and da, 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 And you're out. 
And people just worry and fixate and focus on day-to-day movements. And it's times like this that we just have to kind of come back and go, all right, well, let's, let's talk a minute here. How has the market done over the last three years? It's not exactly an eternity. Really good. How about the last five years? Yeah, yeah really good. Last 10, da, da, da. We go on and on. To find a period where the market does poorly over any long period of time takes some real data manipulation. You have to find just the right time. Like it took quite a while after 2008. If I bought it exactly the right long time in 2007, wrote it down 50%, then three years later, I'm not doing all that well. Actually, you're not doing that poorly either because it ripped back in 2009. But if you invested on the worst day possible, but right before a 50% decline, right before the Great Recession, because we have to have put a name like that on it because it was a humongous drop. Real estate prices, everybody lost their home. Not everybody, but everybody speculated and got leverage, and boom, gone, gone, gone. Stock market cut in half. It was really a bad time. Unemployment rose to 10%. It's a tough time. But you bought on the very worst day, the high point, stock market all-time high in two thousand, late 2007, and wrote it down, back out the other side. And from that time, I know, you're up 10% a year. Pretty darn acceptable. No, that would be the long-term average of the market. Buying on the worst day. And yet we contemplate this all the time. I don't know if I should buy right now. I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to hold some cash. It's going to get worse. JoJo's in charge. JoJo the monkey boy. He doesn't know what he's doing. He does not. I know. It's crazy. But you know what? Apple does. Google does. Dow Chemical does. In spite of JoJo the monkey boy, ExxonMobil, with JoJo and company out there going, oh, we're going to shut you down. Then they go to Venezuela. Come on, please pump some more oil. Looney Tunes, okay? I mean, nobody thinks this is a good idea, okay? This is not political statement. This is Looney Tunes behavior. They make record profits in spite of JoJo and company figuring out every stupid thing you could possibly do. Nobody, nobody even has a concept of what they think their energy policy is. Go to Venezuela, pile of crooks, re- reduce all the sanctions so we can get some really dirty oil from them. But we need to kill Exxon and Chevron that pay massive amounts of taxes in the United States and get energy cheaper. Hmm. God, sounds like good policy to me. I'm just missing the greatness in that. They 
have record profits in the face of politicians. And to me, that's kind of a lesson as we look at all of this and we worry about the political situation. And we should worry about politics. It matters in the long run. But what we often miss is that corporations figure out here and abroad how to deal with crazy, power-monger, kind of stupid politicians. They really do. They figure it out. They figure it out. And that's what you own when you own stocks. You don't own America. You don't own the political angst. You don't own those problems. You own pieces of companies that are highly profitable, even though you have dumbbells trying to crush them. We forget that. We get caught up in day-to-day moves, and we think of it on a uh, even on a geopolitical basis, where nothing can go right when the world is the way it is, okay? But it can on a corporate level, and it does. And stocks reflect not today. They reflect the future. And the best time to talk about that, in my mind, is right when you're in it, in a transitional phase, or what feels like a transitional phase. And that phase is this. We are hitting some great numbers, have been for a while, but the market's been tanking since the beginning of the year. In other words, corporate profits, all-time highs. Corporate balance sheets, never been better. Employment numbers, never been better. Stock market, down 20. At the peak, 25%. Tech stocks down over 30%. Some of those tech stocks, I'll talk about this later. The Robin Hood guys, you know, we're going to pull out my cell phone and we're going to put $10 on GameStop. Boom. That's only $220 a share. Oh, excuse me, it's $22 a share now. Robin Hood, come to the rescue. The little guy, they can trade. We got options. We can really jack it up on AMC. You think it's going to the moon? Let's play it with some options. That works really good. I don't think I don't like those stock. What about that Bitcoin thing? Let's go do some Bitcoin. Buying Bitcoin on your phone. We're going to buy a, you know, a fractional share of some silly stock. I got it crushed. We have to go out and crush them all. And those stocks are down 90%. And some are real companies. I don't think GameStop is, but some are real companies that got caught up in this. They're real companies, have a real thing. I mean, does anybody, have you ever heard of Zoom? Yeah, me too. We use Zoom a lot. It stocks down like 90% from its size. Anybody heard of Zillow, you know, in real estate? Boom. 90%. These stocks are crushed. They are crushed. And now we have this transition over time we're looking at, right? So, So in the midst of really good economic data, the market is getting crushed because it's looking forward to a time that the patient is sick. It's sick. We feel it through the body. 
don't you, right? The economy is sick. Sick. And now it's looking forward to when it might heal, even as the data is getting weaker and weaker and weaker. Markets look ahead. It doesn't mean they, have, they can see the future, but they're directionally, things are getting better when we look out six months, 12 months. Maybe inflation is going to subside. But we're going to talk about this more. This was a monster, monster move in the market. This was, it was epic, really. I don't use that word a lot. But when you only have maybe a couple of days in a 40-year career that are better than this, one day this week for no reason, that's something to really look at and just ponder a minute, you know? Hey, I got to take a quick break here. Bob, hang on. We'll be right back. Hello, welcome, and thank you for joining us. 580-5436-580-KIDO. Let's go to Bob. Bob, thanks for holding. Go ahead, please. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, how is a dividend uh, yield determined on a company stock? Uh, for instance, uh, beginning of the year, I think Verizon was uh, four something. And then a couple months ago, I saw it was up above seven. Mm-hmm. Now it's below seven at six something. What does that mean when that happens? Yeah, that's just based on the price. Okay, so that's if you buy it today, what your yield is. Okay, it doesn't mean that you didn't buy Apple for twenty dollars a share, but your yield today is a half a percent on its dividend today. If you bought it at twenty dollars, it's obviously higher at that point. But it changes all the time because based on what the current dividend is. So let's take an example. Uh, let's say you have a $10 stock with a $0.50 cent per year dividend. That's going to be a 5% yield, right? So yeah. like Verizon, uh, which, has had, which has been terrible, the price drops, right? So it drops down to, you know, for easy math, it drops down to 5 It gets cut in half, right? It's still right. paying $0.50. Cents. So its yield now is 10%. If it rises to $20 a share and doesn't change its dividend up or down, right? Then its dividend yeah. yield is now two and a half. Okay. okay. So what happens, Bob, is you're just basically saying, what is the yield? Like, if you think of it like a bond, you know, they're giving me 5%, but if the if interest rates rise and your bond price goes down, doesn't change the fact that that coupon is going to get paid at five. It's the same way with dividends. It, it reflects the current price movement in the stock market. But also, of course, it'll change as dividends change. And over time, the U.S. stock market has had a 9% per year since the 1970s per year increase in income. It's quite an income story, really. It really is overall. Bob, thank you. I do need to take our go, go to you. Fox News. Thank you so much for your call. All right, you hear the music. We're coming back. we got another hour ahead. I have got to talk about this market and what happened, but also we're going to talk about the blow-up of all of these highly speculative, if you will, Robin Hood investors. Hello, welcome, and thank you for joining us. Uh, As we always say, these are my opinions and my opinions only. They're not the station, and we're not here to tell you what to buy, 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 and sell, sell, sell. It's noise. It's silly. 
And once again, thank you so much for the privilege of being here for 35 years. It's just crazy. that It's crazy. It's crazy for a guy that limped through high school. As my dad said, they threw you out. They, you didn't graduate. They threw you out of high school as a not-such-great kid to be able to have the career I have and to be able to share what little I've found out about markets and life that people want to know. And it's just a, it's an amazing privilege. So thank you. Thank you again. Uh, I don't say it enough. I think some people think I say it way too much, but I just can't believe that uh, I get the opportunity to do this. So once again, thank you. And those that participate, and participate all the time, and participate over the years, thank you. I appreciate it. We also have an email address. It's dave at petzofinancial.net. Hey, I wanted to um, uh, mention, I, I, I do this from time to time when I... I, I think the Wall Street Journal Saturday edition uh, opinion pages are remarkable. Um, sometimes, or there, many of the articles are actually somebody's best thought that they just you know throw somebody in there that isn't a regular writer. Today was Mike Pence was one of them, and what happened on January sixth uh, through his eyes. I think it's was an incredible piece. I highly recommend it in this news-driven world, um, biased news-driven, to hear it from the guy that was there, both in the Oval Office as well as you know, prior to during and what his feelings were that day. And I also think that Mike Pence is probably a pretty straight shooter. So if you get a chance, make a note, whatever, I think you can probably find it out there somewhere. Uh, if not, we'll clip it and send it to you. If you want to send a note to us over at Petso Financial, we'll be happy to get it over to you. But I thought it was fantastic. And, um, you know, right, wrong, this, that, this is what happened. People didn't, you know, hey, it's just an interesting piece from a good man. All right, our number here is 580-5436, 580-KIDO. Jim, hang on. We're going to get to you in a minute. But I had promised I wanted to talk about this a little bit, and and and. This is something, as we had, have such a bounce this week, no, the market's not up for the year. No, it hasn't gotten back to even. It's still down. It is. But it was what a week. And you just have to say, when you get that kind of a bounce on basically no news, yes, it was no news. I know this. Well, it was the inflation day. Inflation, what, what, why wasn't it the inflation data last week or last month and the month before? Because everybody had gone so negative. And you think of this, and I talked about this in 08, you just coil the spring tighter and tighter and tighter and tighter. And when it explodes, it just launches because it's negative, tightening down, negative, nothing good can happen, boom. And then what happens? The machine's turned on a data point, and buyers hit. And then whatever trading nonsense lines were broken. And then suddenly, short sellers are panicked. I got to cover before I lose all my money. They become buyers to cover their short positions. Adding more fuel to the fire. 
and we suddenly find these tech stocks, the big guys that everybody has told us with great authority day after day last week, couldn't go anywhere because the P.E. ratios were too high and their earnings were not good enough. And with interest rates rising, they were just dead. Maybe not the whole market was dead, but in particular, the big cap stocks are dead. Except for maybe the 14% move. The 9% move in the biggest company in the world in a day. You see, it's not to make fun of people who, with great authority, tell you what is happening. Like, with great authority, I'm going to tell you, the sun came up at 6.35 a.m. in Boise, Idaho. Wow! He said that like he really knows what's going on. In other words, they're the kings of what's happening now. They just know precisely what exactly just did happen. And with great authority, they're able to take a couple words and P.E. ratios and great certainty and tell you what you already know. But you go, wow. I mean, he said that in such a way. It's like, wow. It's amazing. And that's what they do and parade this around as some kind of knowledge. And what they end up telling you is parroting what exactly happened. No idea what's going to happen, but it sounds like that's what's going to happen because that's what they're saying is going to happen. Well, it already did happen. Tech stocks got crushed, and we tighten the coil down, and they explode higher. Just as the experts are telling you they can't ever go higher again, or not, at least not now. And this is what markets are made of and day-to-day jabbers, and this is why it's so dangerous to literally be watching, listening to CNBC. It's literally dangerous, isn't it? It's not, not informative. It's dangerous. Like, deadly dangerous. And this is why for Robinhood, people say, oh, well, I'm, you know, hey, it's no big deal. You know, I lost a couple of bucks, but, man, I'm learning about the markets. No, you're not. You're learning how to gamble. Buying GameStop is not learning about the markets. It's not thinking about the long-term nature and the fact that we have a gravitational pull towards 10% returns. It doesn't take your eyes off the day-to-day fluctuations. It focuses them. On the irrelevant, not the relevant. It's completely backwards. It focuses you on pornography, not love. Not understanding that the stocks are a reflection of the companies and their profitability and the long-term growth of humankind. No. It's a game. It's a game to win. But I'm learning about investing. I have people say that all the time. It's not true. You're not learning anything. You're speculating. The only thing you may be learning about is human nature. That's possible. Quite possible you're learning about human nature. Your own desire to get rich quick. Your own desire for an easy easy cut. In other words, I don't really need to take the time to learn and study and understand myself and the markets and what they really are about. I could just flip hundred bucks on GameStop and look at me gaming the system. We've got to be honest with ourselves, especially at times like this when we have great turns and, and, and that's exactly what's happening. These companies are getting killed. The hero of Bitcoin, whatever his name is, 
BHS or what? I don't even remember what it is. Who cares? Some kid was worth, uh, hold it, because I actually wrote it down, $16 billion at the beginning of the week or whatever they estimate. He's worth zero now. Zero. Don't worry, since he's worth zero, he doesn't have to cough up the billions of dollars. The people betting on a token that nobody supports anywhere, that has no value at all except in the eye of the beholder. Oh, yeah, that'd be a fiat currency. I hear it already. You don't need to call. I got it. Boom. All things. It's all things. There is no value if somebody else doesn't find value. But what I'm saying is it's this thing. We spend vast amounts of energy on mining off of computers. It just, I mean, it, it just, I, when I think about it, my head wants to explode. Like, you know, people are, oh, well, no, it's really a thing. I mean, it's amazing. It's unbelievable. It's going to be the currency of the future. It's like, why? It's just a computer token thing. That's it. At least gold is, you know, makes your woman happy has purpose you know maybe they, maybe they'll make bitcoin into oh yeah no, no it's a digital token that's right not, can't make it into anything it is so it blows up nfts non-fungible tokens what the heck is that well i finally learned what it was right it's a picture of you know like michael jordan Stuffing the basketball. An amazing picture. I've seen it a zillion times. We all have. But no, this is the first digital copy. Okay. Of a million of them? Yeah. Okay. I can see. i got to get into that, too. Yipper. Unbelievable. It's remarkable. And so everything goes out and gets shot. And we got to come back to the basics. We got to think about these things. We really do. We really do. I, I, I know I'm just an old guy crying in the wilderness, right? Talking, talking about GameStop and AMC and Bitcoin and all these weird things people are doing. When times are so good. When everything's, if you will, borrowing from a great statement that Warren Buffett makes. When the tide goes out, you finally see who's, na- who's swimming naked. You don't. Some kid is the Bitcoin cowboy of the universe. And in a week, $16 billion and billions more of other people's money disappears. It's a weird world. But they're all smarter than everybody else. And just having your wealth slowly build up a cup of coffee a day at a time. This is stupid. Doesn't work. You got to get into non-fungible tokens. Man, you're so dinosaur, man. Look at this Robin Hood stuff. I can buy options on GameStop and roll it in to a million dollars. Now we're talking 10% a year. So yesterday. Basics, man. Give it time. Put it away. Put in your Roth. Let it grow. 
But no, we got to tie, you got to get wired in every single day, fuss about politics, fuss about what the Fed's doing, fuss about JoJo. We got to fuss, figure out what's wrong. We can't let our money just grow at 10% a year. No, no, no. We got in and out and this and that. And I saw this guy over here. And do you have a hedging thing over here? We need to buy an equity index annuity, you know, because then you get all the upside market. None of the risk on the downside. Don't get in that casino, man. Oh, no. Basics. Basics. And then you find weeks like this that just come out. Boom. And they explode higher. And Bitcoin goes bankrupt. And you hear people talking about this. Well, we got to get past the Bitcoin blow up thing, you know, because stuff's going on out there where the market can't keep going. And then it goes up massive amounts on Thursday and it keeps going on Friday. But I, I thought I couldn't do that until we solved the Bitcoin thing. But Bitcoin just keeps going down. Why? Because, well, somebody said, uh, maybe it's not really a thing. Maybe it's not very regulated. Yeah, oh, really? No kidding. Gosh, I thought they had good stuff in there. Just because there's a, you know, a hacking every few months and billions are lost. And just because all of a sudden somebody goes out of business and we find out, wow, no, you don't get 15% just lending money in a zero interest rate environment. Wow, that's so weird. Look, I'm not making fun. A lot of people lost a lot of money in this. But if we can't go back and learn from this, I don't think we can learn. We're just waiting for the next one. The next one. The next Robin Hood. The next GameStop. The meme stocks. The next Bitcoin. The next NFTs. When we forget about the basics, this isn't that hard. But it takes time to get rich. It does. It really does. It really does. All right. I, oh, I, I got I to take this call before we take a break here. Jim, thanks for holding, man. Hello, Dave. Hey there. I just wanted to make a quick comment on the on the yields. And, uh, you know, on any particular day, uh, uh, whatever the dividend is, that would be the yield. And the yield is no doubt a uh, factor in what everyone considers buying a stock for. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, but if you bought a stock and the uh, the value went up 100%, that meant the yield went down 50%. But, well, I do my calculations on what I paid for it, so my cost basis is the same. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if I, can't, if I hold a stock over a long period of time and it appreciates like 400%, then my uh, my yield chances are is about you know over ten percent, fifteen percent. That's how you should calculate it. I think calculate it on what you uh, on what you paid for it. Yeah, I you know it's 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 an argument that happens all the time. It happens inside my head actually. You know because it's one of those things. It's it is true. Um, I, I love the income story. I've told it a zillion times. You know of, of the S and P five hundred right. And or the idea of like just one company like Procter and Gamble, right? right. Their story is unbelievable. When when you you calculate that you know your yield per year on the stock you bought in the nineteen seventies for Procter and Gamble is one hundred percent. You get you get more dividends than you paid per share back then, and and, and because they've raised the dividends so much. 
or you, you know, or even on Apple, you're getting probably a five or a ten percent return if you when they first started paying a dividend. It's it's uh, the growth of that is absolutely true. But on the other hand, you can always have a higher yield if you shift gears. Meaning, if I go out and I take that money and I sell the stock, I could go out and get a higher yield somewhere else. Or the real yield, I always have to think of it this way. I could trade that if I have a, I don't know, $10,000 worth of uh, Apple, right? So I have $10,000 worth of Apple, and I'm getting, you know, what, what, what is a 0.5? So that's going to be $500 a year. No, it's not. That's 5, 5%. So it's $50 a year on that $10,000, right? So I'm getting $50 a year on that. Now, I can turn around and take $10,000 and turn around and buy $400 worth of yield in a U.S. Treasury bond today. So we do have to think about it in today's terms as well. I oh, understand yeah, what you, you're saying, but I, but it, it's both. It's both. You've got to kind of hold both thoughts in your head. Well, yeah, you can do that, but, but, but as opposed to any particular stock, you know, if you want to hold it. I mean, obviously, if you sell it uh, at a humongous gain and then buy another stock that's got good yield, you know, I mean, that's a whole different thing. Yeah, it is. It is. And, and you hold both because you, you have the option at any time. I don't want to own this anymore. Boom. Market's open. You're out. And you can turn that, which is today, honestly, is based on its price, uh, you know, 0. 0.6, 0. 0.5, 0. 0.6, somewhere in there. Yield. Okay. But, Even but though, the, for me, it's going to be much higher because... I bought the stock a long time ago. They raised their dividend, and the stock price has gone way up. But then you get into the trading, which we both don't, you know, mm -hmm. agree is, is that great. No. Nope. So if if you get a good company, which I believe in good, getting good companies, then you take the earnings, and that's when you buy the the other stocks. Correct. Correct. You take the dividends out and roll them over into something else. I totally right. agree. I'm just saying that that, that you, when we're talking about yield, it's both both are correct, and, and both are correct. It's based on your what you own it at. It's also based on today's yield because you have the option of moving it into something else. So it is right. both. And we also, don't, I'm not suggesting trading. You know I'm opposed to trading. And you also have tax considerations as well. Uh, all of those things come into play. And uh, so it is hard to want to sell your winners as well. But I use it for trade, you know, for, for gifting, especially the big ones, because you give away your capital gains treatment. And also it's just something to trim to kind of if you have a, like a home run like Apple's been for everybody, then then you trim it back. So it's an appropriate amount of, port, of a portfolio. But well, that's remember, the old story. Just remember, just remember, Dave, even losers need love. That's right. <laughs> sometimes, and sometimes yeah. it is really a cleansing breath to hack them out. It is. I'm telling you, sometimes you're wrong, and you're looking at it, and you're getting stubborn about it. I know, because I know, I know I've done that. And you look at it, you go, no, nah, I think it'll bounce. And then you finally you go, you know what, I'm going to get rid of that thing, take the tax deduction, move on. And, man, I'm telling you, a couple of days later, you just feel great. You just feel great. It's like, I got rid of that cancer. I just cut it out. Yeah. <laughs> All okay, right. We'll take Take care. Have a good one. You have a good day. Thanks for the call. Bye-bye. And our number is 580-5436-580-KIDO. Way behind for a break. We will be right back. Hello, welcome, and thanks for joining us. 580-KIDO or Dave at PetsoFinancial.net. Those are our numbers. All right. We'll run straight to the phones, and it is pro-life, pro-life. Go ahead, please. Yeah, you know, uh, a little while ago you were talking about uh, – the stupidity of the Biden administration. 
and uh, I'm calling about that. It's not stupidity. Uh, Mr. Biden is just a puppet, and uh, the people behind him orchestrating everything, um, they're determining everything, and so he'll say something stupid, and then they'll come back and reverse it, you know, through the press secretary or something. And so what is happening is it's intentional what's happening. They like Mr. Biden there so they can blame. He can take the blame for being stupid, and he's dumb enough to do it. I don't know why he doesn't just go home and quit. And uh, But he's going to – I guess he likes being the president so much that uh, he's going to endure all of this abuse of himself. But anyway, it's intentional. Uh, the The world economic people – they are trying to bring the United States down. They're trying to put us into a world government, a world currency, um, a world culture. And that world culture uh, is to destroy family, um, faith, morals, anything that's good, and to make us just uh, governmental puppets like Joe, I guess you'd say. So that's that's what's really going on. And so if you don't look at it, economically in that way i think you get the wrong answer so as long as these people have control of our government and the governments of lot maybe most of the world we're going to have these economic problems like this and uh so that's my yeah i i don't think that there i i think there's uh um it's fair uh, that's fair of you to say that it is intentional um because they intentionally believe that that's the way to um you know better climate policy or what have you but i i what i guess what i i probably need to you know dial it back a little bit and calling them stupid because but it seems stupid to me that americans are just not this stupid now i I, I don't mean all. This is the thing that I finally, after all these years, have learned that I just need to not worry about, that there is a percentage of people on any particular subject that it doesn't make any difference. You're not going to get everybody to agree that the sun is going to come up tomorrow. It just they won't. I, I don't care what the evidence is, and I can tell them on this. It's like somebody who is just scared to death of flying. But it's not rational to drive across the United States. It's like multiples more dangerous it's not even close but people will do it because they can't because it's not i'm not going to be able to convince that person they're just scared and so there are a percentage and in politics it's even worse it doesn't make any difference at all because my religion is climate change it doesn't make any difference what uh, what the facts are that it's dirtier oil that it's used anyway or whatever you want to say those are but, but what i'm saying is i think politically this is beyond stupid. People know their energy prices are higher. They know we're begging foreign countries to use their oil at the same time he's putting his finger in the face of our energy companies, our jobs, our tax dollars. It, it makes no sense. And, 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 and people are that smart. Uh, they do know that. And so, yes, there's 25% or whatever the number is, right, of the people that absolutely will never change their mind. It's just like on the right, there's 25% of the people that no matter what are going to feel the way they feel. 
and hate who they hate. And they're going to go crazy about stuff. And everybody's a rhino in their mind because they're not far enough right. There's people on both, both extremes that just will not change their mind. But the heart of America, the people in the middle, can and do. And they think that this is stupid. And that's what I was referring to. This policy cannot be good for their administration. It cannot be good for Democrats. Well, maybe not. But uh, if they uh, can bait us into actual rebellion against them, then they can uh, put us all behind the fence, you know. And uh, people like myself, maybe like you, I don't know, maybe you're play in the middle enough you don't have to go behind the fence but but what i'm telling you is they intentionally want us to to fight back with guns rebel and uh and maybe we should you know they've shown already that there's uh massive cheating in some of the states florida you know had some uh really serious cheating in yeah. 2022 on this last election all right well I am going to let you leave that to you to talking with Kevin because I know that's going to be what he's the topics he's going to want to talk about. Okay. All right, pro life. Thank you so much for your call. I am so far behind because of my very long monologue. I am going to take a quick break here and get back on track. It's five eight zero five four three six five eight zero K I D O. Dave at petzofinancial dot net. We'll be right back. Hello, welcome, and thank you for joining us. 580-5436-580-KIDO. That's our number. What a week. Unbelievable. I just cannot believe it. I just, from elections to uncertainty to that, and I know there's a lot of angst about that. It's not looking good for Republicans. That's for darn sure. It's just not looking good. Right when you thought it was good. Right. The momentum, everything was going to go good. The House and the Senate were going to change. We'll get some more, you know, get some changes made at the Justice Department and maybe the FBI, stuff like that, where heads were going to roll and things were going to change. Going to have to wait a couple years for that. But that's the beauty of it. Okay, that's the beauty of it. No, it doesn't mean some stuff can't happen in the House, but without both, I don't know how you do it. Don't know how you do it. In the house, isn't it? Don't you have that feeling of, of tension now, too? That little unnerving, like, oh my gosh, it can't possibly be that Nancy's going to continue to be the speaker. But it's not decided. I know it looks good for Republicans in the house, but it doesn't look good overall. And definitely it didn't go the way the Republicans hoped. And Wall Street, which had been rallying str- sharply into it 3,000 points from the bottom. Right when the polls turn. I don't know if that's the reason. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that's the reason. I know everybody else wants to have the reason why markets do what they do. But certainly was a contributing factor. And then the news isn't good, and the market has one of the best days I've ever seen in 40 years. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Markets are just like they're there just to throw people off. Here's what I think. You're going to be wrong. Well, here's what I'm sure about. Then you're definitely going to be wrong. <laughs> it's crazy. All right, let's do an email. It's Dave at PetzoFinancial.net. Hi, Dave. Two-part question. How will higher interest rates affect the markets going forward? And do interest rates need to go higher than the inflation rate to curb inflation, similar to how it played out in the 1980s? 
Max, thank you. Okay, first of all, let's 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 talk about this. And I, and and, and I, I'm not being a politician here um, by saying it could, it couldn't, maybe, maybe not. How high? How much? How will higher interest rates go? Okay, lesson. Let's take the off ramp here for a minute. What you know, what we know, what I know isn't worth knowing. It's, it's, to me, the fundamental thing of understanding the market that you have to have that so far and away people don't get. They just can't grasp. I know the news. Then you know nothing about the market. But I know. I know where interest rates are. I know what P.E. ratios are. I know what corporate profits are. I know, I, 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 know, I know all the data. You know, today, so does everybody. Markets reflect their collective belief, our collective belief, of where we are going. So interest rates going up is already a known entity, a known quantity. We know that. So, therefore, it's priced in. The fact that interest rates are going higher is known. The question is, how high? The only arguable thing, collectively, is I think rates are going to go higher than the market collectively thinks. Or I think they're going to be lower than collectively. Whatever that made-up number is, which we don't know. It's not the number the Fed tells you or the dot plot thing that they tell you or show you. That's not what the market thinks. The market thinks what it thinks, not what the Fed tells them to think. And so people are positioning. So what what you know isn't worth knowing because it's already priced in. So the fact of saying what happens to the market when rates go higher, here's the real question and what I think we need to drive to getting back on the freeway, is now saying, do we think, do I think interest rates are going to be higher than the collective thinks or lower than the collective thinks or right on? Because right on is priced in. So interest rates going up another half a point next month or and then maybe a quarter point after that, maybe a half a point, that's baked in. That's a done deal. That's like saying a month ago, how can the market go up knowing there's going to be a 75 basis point interest rate hike? Because it already knows it. It's reflected it. So, so the point being, it, we all have this trouble. And that's why I, I, I talked about this on Monday with Kevin, and I'll, I'll mention it real quick. We have to really be understanding where the patient, the economic patient is. We're sick. We feel it. We're weak, we're tired, however you want to, the analogy works. For you, something's wrong. But I haven't shown the symptoms yet, but something's wrong. The economy isn't in a recession yet, or is it? Maybe it is. But the data, which is trailing, doesn't show that. Great employment numbers. Corporate profits, all those things we talked about. But the market, the stock market, has reflected by going down this year as much as almost 25%, but 30% for tech stocks, as I said earlier. We've had a nice rally recently. We're not down as much, but call it 20%. That was a reflection of the coming recession and higher interest rates. 
It didn't wait until they happened. They knew they were coming. So when we actually get into a recession, markets rally. Because the patient, although sick, is starting inside to get better. Right? And so it's reflecting where we're going six months, nine months, 12 months in the future. I find this to be the hardest human concept when it comes to the market for people. It's just really hard for people to separate what they think the data is today, where the data is going, and the idea that the markets already reflect that. Okay? So the second part, so, so really, bottom line, no effect at all. Only if it goes higher than the collective feels. Do interest rates need to go higher than the inflation rate to curb inflation, similar to how it played out in the 1980s? Great question. I don't know. And nobody knows. We really don't. I don't think so. Certainly not the peak. Let's call the, let's call the peak whatever, eight point whatever we did. Do I really think it, rates have to go to nine to stop that? I don't know. But I don't think so. The Fed certainly doesn't think so. The market certainly doesn't think so. But in the 1980s, this has gone on for so long, whether it's true or not, you found out that rates really went a lot and the, and the Fed just wanted to crush it, get it over with, and they stayed with it, drove rates. Are you ready for this? 21.5. And yes, that was a much higher number, and it was higher for a long time than the rate of inflation actually was. I don't think we're going to get there, but what I think you're going to see is as we're raising rates that inflation probably starts to head down. And remember, inflation is not... It doesn't mean prices are getting cheaper. It means they're not going up as much from this really high level that we just jumped up to. So if your cost of living is up 10% and next year it goes up just a little bit more and they tell you, man, inflation's under control, it's going great, blah, 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 and it's only like 3%, 4%, you're still 14%, 13 14% higher than you were two years ago. It's not down. It's just that inflation, the rate of increase, is down. Great questions. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it, Max. All right, what I'm going to do is I'm going to dive off and take our final break and leave plenty of time to take your calls at 580-5436, 580-KIDO. Hello, welcome, and thank you for joining us. 580-5436, 580-KIDO. That's our number. If you want to listen to a podcast, you missed something... Those are at PetsoFinancial.com. We also have a YouTube channel. And some of those are just plain old, I'm just going to say it, they're just plain good, basic learning pieces. Dow 30,000, how we got there over the decades. Sometimes we need those basic reminders. And I think that we find that at our office. We had an interesting, just, I mean, it was totally an impromptu meeting. Um, just yesterday, just talking about some things. And we're, you know, just like your day-to-day things you do, like trying to figure out why certain things are happening and how can we can operate better, how we can give better service in some area or what have you. What are we missing? And that always leads into, it doesn't always lead, but it did, did, did this time, leading into the, the how, how you start thinking about 
how, how we're dealing with clients in a difficult time. Are people, how, how are they dealing with it? Are they obsessed with the day-to-day news, with the elections of what's going on? And how we can help shift our message. How people put certain things in a box. It was very interesting. Um, uh, had, a, had an interesting engagement with a client. And I, and I mean a, an incredible person. Really, really like him. And, 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 and he has kind of put different investment types in these boxes, as we all do. You know, or, or we all have certain things we, we kind of, that's in this category over here. And, and, and we box things up. And we have it, it reminded me, there's a, a client, it reminds me right now as I'm speaking about it, a client was like, this is the way I do it. And it was like, I asked him the question like years ago, I said, but to what end? You know, it's like, I keep a third of my money in cash. Okay, to what end? I mean, is there a point you would, like, reinvest that? Would you change that? No. Okay, so if interest rates are zero and you are in cash and then the thing happens that you are in cash for, like real estate goes down so I could move money into real estate or stocks go down so I could move money into stocks or bonds go down a lot and I could earn some, you know, good money on treasuries, to what end? None. We get locked into certain thought processes, and it's very interesting in, in, in contemplating that and thinking about that and how interesting it is and how fun it is to be having those discussions with people and trying to get to the root cause of why, if you will, there's friction. Why are we having a struggle talking about this? And then the lights go on for all of us because we're finding and solving problems. And it teaches us, too, that when we're open to the dialogue, open to the discussion, that I don't have to be right. We don't, I don't have to be right all the time. That's a hard one for me. I don't have to be right all the time. And if that's the case, then I can be open to the discussion. And we can figure out until the lights go on and how to move forward. And it's interesting how we get locked in. And when we get in such a time of angst like we're in, it's particularly hard because I know what I know. I know this country's on the wrong track. I know JoJo is not capable or whatever, or whoever's behind the screens, the puppets, whatever I want to throw on this. It's not good. It doesn't make me feel safe. And it doesn't make the look this. It sounds political. It's not. What is it? 75% of the country thinks we're on the wrong path. That's a lot. That's not me. That's us. We don't think we're on the right path. And that puts a lot of extra angst into it. And it makes us sometimes put our boxes around things and not hear people and not hear things. This election stuff will pass, good or bad. And we're going to roll on, as we always do. And America is the greatest beacon on earth. Sometimes we forget that. I know I do. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll talk to you next week.